I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Pediapod for November 2019. This month, a new tool for measuring cumulative psychosocial adversity in childhood. There's mounting evidence that cumulative exposure to psychosocial adversity in the early years of life can have an adverse effect on early child development. Focus on early child development is growing globally, but to date, the bulk of research on adverse psychosocial experiences has taken place in high-income Western countries, despite a large burden in developing countries. A 2016 systematic review estimated that 59% of children in developing countries had been victims of physical, emotional or sexual violence in the preceding year. In order to inform the development of interventions around the globe, researchers need a validated measurement tool to assess psychosocial exposures in order to identify the prevalence of specific risks in a community and help research into related developmental harms. This month, we meet Annie Behrens, a pediatric resident at University of California, San Francisco, who has created the Childhood Psychosocial Adversity Scale, a novel measure of cumulative risk, and we discuss its first application in Bangladesh. Annie is one of paediatric research's highlighted early career investigators, and I started off by asking her how she got into this field. I would say it was a little bit of a meandering path into medicine. My family is more of like a social science kind of background as far as what I was exposed to early on. But then I got really interested in global health and sort of health policy and healthcare access and equity issues. And through that set of interests, I ended up going to spend a year in Rwanda with Partners in Health. It's a medical organization. And in that context, got to work closely with both doctors on the ground providing services, social workers from Rwanda, as well as researchers working in that context. And I think I just realized that, you know, I really, I really liked research, but I also really enjoyed the more kind of one-to-one clinical experience, working with people, working with patients. So based on that, um, applied to medical school. While I was in the middle of all that, I, I ended up deciding to apply for a scholarship opportunity to go study in the UK um, and spent a couple of years in London and got training in public health and then eventually went back and went to medical school. And then while I was in medical school, I took an additional two years of research at, at Boston Children's, the labs of cognitive neuroscience. And that's when I did the work that, that we're talking about here. And we're here to talk about your new tool, the Childhood Psychosocial Adversity Scale. Tell me about how you developed this tool and where it's been applied. Yeah, so we were basically, we were, you know, starting out with a study in Bangladesh, looking at early child development outcomes. We had a lot of measures of things like um, 
nutritional status and infectious disease burden and gut inflammation and things like that. But we didn't have a lot of measures of kind of children's social environments. And I think what we know about human development across all contexts is it it really occurs in the context of human relationships. Um, so it started, I would say, with kind of a broad literature review and building a conceptual model of what kinds of exposures do we think have a significant impact on child development and what sorts of things have been measured or would we want to measure. Um, so put together kind of a framework to think about and then did quite a bit of qualitative work with caregivers and also study field workers affiliated with the project in Bangladesh. And based on that, you know, identified the domains that we wanted to study and then pre-tested them first informally with staff and then formally with some people from the community, from the study community, and then ultimately piloted it, rolled it out, and used sort of psychometrics to whittle down to the, the questions that seem to be most cohesive. And I think what we come out with is, in some ways, a specific version of the, of the questionnaire that's been sort of tailored and honed in Bangladesh, but I think also a framework for how it could be more easily adapted to other contexts, which is sort of where we are now and starting to look at adapting it to some additional places. So one of your main aims was to assess this tool's validity in the field. How did it fare? Overall, the tool performed well, but that also reflects the fact that we created it to make sure that it would perform well in this context. And you also tested its predictive power, didn't you, with regards to developmental outcomes? Yeah, we did. So in this paper, we we mostly focused the scores on something called the WIPSI, which is like a kind of an early childhood cognitive development test. And there it actually predicted a lot of the variance in score more than we were, in some ways, more than we were anticipating. So it's, you know, a very preliminary model, but I think just as a means of validating the tool and giving a little bit of an indication of how useful it might be, it was, it was fairly predictive. Do you think that this field of early childhood development and psychosocial adversity is seen as perhaps less urgent but compared to things like malnutrition or infectious disease in the context of developing countries? Yeah, so I, I think in some ways that was maybe some of my interest or motivation in creating the tool as well as, you know, I think that, you know, I mean, I'm a pediatrician. I obviously think that infectious disease and nutrition are incredibly important for a child. And there are lots of reasons beyond child development to, to care about those things. But, you know, just this, this instinct that I have that, you know, from what we know about child development, if we're going to worry about or think about child development in itself as an outcome, my instinct is that these sort of elements of the social environment may be equally important or perhaps in some domains more important just based on how children develop that, you know, the relational context and the social environment um, from everything we know about child development is really important and central. Um, and for instance, intervention studies, as much as we know that malnutrition or stunting is um, has negative impacts on development, a lot of the intervention studies looking at things like nutritional supplementations as a means to try to improve child development outcomes have been pretty disappointing. So just wondering if we might need to tackle some of these, in some ways, more difficult problems in order to support child development. Do you not think it's surprising that something like this doesn't already exist, that measures cumulative um, psychosocial adversity in a population? There are a lot of existing tools that measure, like, one of the domains. You know, so there are a lot of measures of maternal depression or caregiver depression, for instance, or there are some existing tools for looking at domestic violence. There's the WHO study that did a big multi-country kind of survey study. There are tools for looking at things like child abuse or 
kind of harsh discipline or looking at the child's care environment, there's the home inventory. So we really tried to kind of draw on existing tools, you know, in the sense of there are a lot of things out there that do work, but there wasn't really something that kind of brought together or attempted to bring together these really multiple domains and, you know, something that could be done in one sitting that attempted a more sort of comprehensive view of psychosocial stressors across different domains. What is next for this new tool, CPAS? I would say the two things that are next are kind of continuing to use it within this study. And then there's, you know, a lot of child development studies going on through ICDDRB, the International Center for Diarrheal Disease Research in Bangladesh. So kind of letting it do its job there and seeing, you know, can we get some more robust results in that context? And then we are also working on rolling it out in some additional settings. There is a multi-country effort going on, working on developing cross-context child development measure, looking more at kind of child development outcomes, trying to develop a tool that kind of works across contexts. And we're kind of piggybacking on that study and trying to roll out the CPAS in some other countries. So including Bangladesh and then also Pakistan, Tanzania, Ivory Coast, um, Brazil, and the Netherlands. So I think the Netherlands would be an interesting chance to kind of see how it does in a you know non-developing country context. So it's not one size fits all then. It'll need to be tweaked for each different study population, you think? It may need some more adaptation. To, to I don't think it's realistic for a tool to work equally well everywhere, but our hope is that it's a framework that can be adapted. So how can other early childhood development researchers listening to this use the tool if they wanted to? Is it, is it, freely, is it freely available to download? Yeah, it is open source and free. You know, someday we hope to get a website set up where people could just download it, um, especially as if it does get validated, you know, if they're kind of different country versions where we could just post them all. But for now, they can just reach out to the corresponding author on the paper and we can send it. That was Annie Behrens from the University of California, San Francisco. And that's all we've got time for this month. Join us again next time for the next installation of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Barsh. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.